Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, Vision for You, Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 8, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 60. We'll start with that first paragraph, starting, Many of Us Exclaimed. The reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, August 7th, is 4921. That's 4921. And the reader lineup for today is Kathy K., Irini, Katie, and Julie. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'd now like to ask Diane to please read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. This is Diane from New Hampshire. I'm grateful, grateful to be here today. Can I be heard? Yes, go ahead. Hi, thank you. Um, 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. As we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you very much, Diane. And now I'd like to ask Lois to please read the 12 traditions. 
Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. Um, the 12 tra- traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our, <clears throat> excuse me, in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-profit, non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may we may creates our, sorry, service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always remain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, uh, public or other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever remain, reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topics and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume 
our study of the big book. We are in chapter 5, How It Works, and we are on page 60 today. And we are going to begin with the first full paragraph on that page that starts out with, many of us exclaimed. And this morning, I would like to ask Kathy Kay to please start us out. Press star one to unmute, Kathy. Sorry, I'm talking away here. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> uh, good morning. Um, I'm Kathy, a compulsive overeater and recovered. Many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So this paragraph is coming right after the 12 steps. Um, and when it says, what an order, I can't go through with it, it is in reaction to all the work implied in those beautiful 12 steps. Um, and what th these first 100 folks are telling us is that um, we just have to make an effort and begin the process, and as we go, we will learn and um, create a vital connection with our higher power, which will enable us to continue to work the steps. And um, I'm so grateful that from the very first page of this book, everything is offered to me as a suggestion. And I know that when I first started reading the big book, I could only absorb a little bit at a time. And it's through reading it over and over again that my understanding and my willingness deepens. Um, and so the idea of spiritual progress means we do our best effort today and we continue to do it every day. Um, the other thing I want to comment on, the word principles is in this chapter, uh, in this paragraph twice. And the principles are embedded in the steps. Um, honesty, faith, courage, love, and so on, and service, of course, and there are at least six others that are um, associated with each of the 12 steps. And um, for me, one of the ways that I've been able to continue my work on each step is to review what principle uh, is suggested in each step and to really think about how I'm enacting that in my life on a daily basis. And I'm so glad for this distinction between spiritual progress and spiritual perfection. Um, perfectionism is one of my character defects and to really understand and grasp that we're aiming for progress and not perfection allows me to um, stay in a place of acceptance and just to do the next right thing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? 
This is Katie. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. Um, I've had, I've known someone who, when they read that, they say, what, an order? Um, which, of course, is not how it's meant to be read because there's no comma. But we are, you know, most of us read these steps at our first meeting, at our first uh, introduction to this program. We read all those steps. And it's extremely um, overwhelming to think about doing all that. But thank goodness, you know, we don't do it all in one day. Um, we read some of these stories um, in the big book, and, you know, they talk about, you know, practically doing all of steps four through nine in one day. And, and you know, we make a beginning on these things, but we don't, um, we don't arrive. If we, you know, if we did do these things perfectly in one sitting, then we wouldn't need to keep coming back every day and, um, and take steps 10, 11, and 12 to review uh, what we've done new because, you know, we are not perfect. That is not our goal. Our goal is not perfection. Our goal is not to be equal to God. Our goal is to rely on God. And, you know, this paragraph to me is speaking about willingness, that we need to be willing. That is the key to um, the surrender process is being willing to open up our mind to new ideas and to accept the fact that our way has not worked and that there's possibly more that needs to change than just the way I eat. And we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection um, is a very comforting concept to me that I don't have to compare myself to someone else's progress, someone else's um, relationship with their higher power, someone else's journey in any way. It's my journey. And as long as I'm willing to grow along spiritual lines, I am on the right path. The only time I have to think there's something wrong is if I'm heading for a bakery box and I'm, you know, going to bed at night ignoring the wreckage I caused. And, you know, I am a human being still. And I still do make mistakes. But when I make mistakes, I do something about it. When I made mistakes in the past, I ate over it. And that is a huge change for my life today, that I don't hide from my problems. And I accept the slow progress, which sometimes is painful. But it's God's way, not my way today. And with that, I'll pass. This is Kaya. Sally, Hi, everybody. This is Kaya, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas. Just wanted to comment on a couple of words here. It says, at some of these we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Who's the we? The we are the 100 alcoholics that recovered. They're saying, we, we thought we could find an easier way, but we could not. We couldn't. And so we beg you. Who's you? 
you were not recovered. Me, when I came and I said, I can't stop eating and I can't, I can't stop once I start and I can't stay stopped when I stop. So they're saying, we who have recovered are telling you there isn't an easier soft way. We didn't find one and we beg you, be fearless, be thorough, go through these steps thoroughly, quickly, but thoroughly. And spiritual progress, of course it's spiritual progress because we're human, so it's always growing and we're always enlarging our spiritual, our spiritual um, condition. It's said it in more about alcoholism, you know, he, he fails to enlarge his spiritual condition and that's why he drank again. So um, um, I really am so grateful that I was gifted with the desperation to take these people seriously and um, I want what they have. They, the I want that. That's all. Thank you so much for letting me share, and I welcome anyone who's new. Thank you, Haya. Was there someone else you wanted to say? Go yes, ahead. This is Sally. Sally, may I share? Um, there was someone before you, Sally. Okay. Irini. Irini, and then Sally. Thank you, Irini. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. And I looked up the word along, and it means moving in a constant direction, not just jumping into it, but moving along. So we're accepting to start a process to grow. We're willing to reach for something new that that would do good in our lives. Um, and in order for me to do that, I had to have an open heart and an open mind for me to grow. And, and am I willing to work towards this goal, not be the goal, but to work towards this goal? And it's a process, a series of steps. It's not perfection. It's to grow closer to God. Not to be God, because God is the only one who is perfect, but to grow closer to God. And I... I needed to practice these principles outlined in this big book. It, it was my roadmap, my guide. It was my instructions on how to have a spiritual progress rather than uh, spiritual per, uh, um, perfection. And um, I needed to do this on a on a daily basis and um, to do differently from what I would do normally. And this is how we plant ourselves in new soil. We're starting a new beginning. And um, I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Edini. Go ahead, Sally. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Vision, for you. It's Sally. We covered in South Jersey. Um, When it says here, many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. It reminded me of something I read recently on page 91 working with others that I thought was just so fascinating. Um, Starting with the paragraph on on page 91, see your man alone if possible. At first, engage in general conversation. After a while, turn the talk to some phase of drinking. Tell him enough, just enough about your drinking habits, symptoms, and experience to encourage him to speak of himself. If he wishes to talk, let him do so. You will thus get a better idea of how you ought to proceed. If he is not communicative, give him a sketch, just a sketch, not too much, just a sketch of your drinking career 
up to the time you quit. But here's the key sentence that this reminded me of. But say nothing for the moment of how that was accomplished. Because probably he would run for the hills if he knew all that was entailed in our becoming recovered and reaching the land of recovered. And I think when I look at this paragraph, many of us explained what in order. I can't go, go through with it. Do not be discouraged. I think for myself that if I knew of all the ego reduction that was going to take place and still, and still does need to take place, and I say, um, when I think about all that happened in this last year, I know I would have gone through with it because I had reached, I had reached such a low bottom for myself. I was so unhappy. I was so frightened about this disease and, and what was happening to me mentally with the, uh, the mental twist that this disease was taking. But there are others, there are people who do have a higher bottom who may not be willing to go through with such a tall order. And so it is important, as this page 91 tells us, that we share just enough that we are gentle. And that's, it says that above it, no pressure. It says on page 91, a paragraph above it, no pressure. And I have to be reminded of that. I just have to remember that, that's, that there's a lot of very sick people that, that are, just require a gentleness and to be shared just enough, just a sketch, and not to be frightened by what is entailed to get well. Thanks for letting me share. Then I pass. Thank you, Sally. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Many of us exclaimed. You know, isn't that, it it was so wonderful for me when I read this. Many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. You know, I'm not alone here in feeling some trepidation. I'm not alone here in feeling like when I look at these 12 steps, how could I possibly do that? How could I possibly do that? I can't go through with it. You know, and and when I was at this point reading this paragraph, studying this big book, I was still feeling alone. But all the way along here, everything that we've been studying as we've gotten to how it works has been helping convince me and helping convince me that I am a compulsive overeater, that I know who I am and what I'm up against. Because if I didn't, if I didn't, why would I want to do this? If I didn't know, if I, if I wasn't coming to see more and more clearly, first of all, that I was powerless, and then that I was insane. You know, that step two... You know, I knew that I acted insane around the food. I knew this. I could see this. You had been inviting me to identify with you all the way along, all the way along. But it says many of us exclaim that same thing, that same thing. Oh, my God, what an order. I can't go through with it. How could I possibly do this? But right away it says do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. We've been where you are. No one among us has ever been able to do anything like perfect adherence. You know, we're not saints. We are oh so human. We are oh so human, but we help each other. And if you're anything like me, 
and you came in like I did, desperate, doomed, and done, then there was a certain willingness already in me to do something. And I could see you had the answer, and now you're showing me exactly what the process is going to entail, these 12 steps. Because you've been preparing me all the way along through the doctor's opinion and Bill's story and more about alcoholism and there is a solution and we agnostics. Every chapter, step by step, has been building within me this idea, this new idea of who I am and exactly what I'm up against because you had to help me identify the problem. Well, now you're starting to lay out this program of action. This program of action. Because what are we going to try to do here? We're going to try to develop a manner of living. A new way of living. A new way of re- of not always just reacting to life, but of acting on life. Having a God-centered life. But I'm not any farther along than I need to be right here, right now, reading this. And they're telling us, we the principles we've set down are guides. They're going to be guides for us to progress, for us to work this process, for us to move forward. You know, and that's what we're going to be able to claim is that that kind of progress. But we won't do it alone. Together we could do what we could never do alone. You know, what a wonderful thing to be reassured. And once again, we are all oh so much alike. Many of us exclaim that same thing. Many of us have those same feelings but we still recovered, they're telling me. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? This is Amy. This is Amy. Go ahead, Amy. This is Bella. Go ahead, Amy, and then Bella. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Many of us exclaim, what an order. I can't go through with it. I, too, would like to comment on that. As been shared, you know, it's been building up to who we are, what we are, what our problem is, identifying in, understanding the nature of the disease, the physical allergy, the, the mental obsession, and now we get to the plan of action that's being laid out in this chapter, you know, how it works, and we just went through the 12 steps, and it's exciting. Finally, you all got me convinced I am a compulsive overeater. I understand a sick mind can't heal a sick mind. I, you know, I want to move forward. I, I'm, I'm sort of going to go with the God thing. I'm not sure yet, but okay. And then I hear these 12 steps, and I'm hearing inventory, amends, and it's like, say what? This is so scary. And yet, and yet you all who have recovered, people on the line with decades upon decades of recovery say, this can happen for us. And it seems like a lot, but if we take it, that famous slogan, one day at a time, it can be done. That's what I have. That's what you have one day at a time. A daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. A daily reprieve. The most comforting slogan, in my humble opinion, in this program is one day at a time. I don't know about you all, but as a compulsive overeater, I was an expert at looking regretfully, shamefully, guiltily at the past and projecting into the future in fear or in fantasy and delusion, but never did I live in the present, did I ever live in today. And with you all guiding me, you taught me one day at a time, one step at a time, 
keep moving, keep progressing. You can only coast downhill, another famous slogan in the program. But if I trudgingly one step at a time along the broad highway of this program and keep working it one day at a time, that's all I need to tackle. My sponsor would say that to me every single day, my, my, my first sponsor, one day at a time. What are we going to do today one day at a time? And I don't know about you all, but I could handle getting up in the morning, getting on my knees, asking God for a day, admitting my powerlessness, looking at my day, going through my day, and then at the end of the day, getting on my knees and thanking God for another day of abstinence and recovery as I progress through these steps and then maintain them in 10, 11, and 12. It was just one day at a time. That was something I could swallow, if, if you'll excuse the pun. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Amy. And Bella. Uh, good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a compulsive overeater. Thank you very much for leading this meeting, and thank you, everybody on the line that uh, give allowed to this meeting to to become true. Wow, thank you, God, for this wonderful paragraph. I see, I see the hope, and I see the solution right in every, every single sentence. Um, it says, do not be discouraged. And by the serenity prayer, we said the courage. So I see the hope. Don't worry. See the solution. There is a hope. We don't have to stay in the same in the sickness and not to know how to live with it. Then uh, no one among us, a few um, pages before, a few days ago, we read about our stories. You know, we are a group, and even though we are not in competition, we can learn from the stories, from the experience of other people. We can learn from uh, the solution of other people. And here they say, no one among us has been able to maintain anything like uh, perfect. So don't look for perfect. Uh, and it says, we are not saints. Yes, we are human beings. And as a human being, we have our character defect. And the beauty of this program is to look for progress and not for perfect. We cannot look for perfect because we will never be perfect. And because we are all human, we need the spiritual guidance because the spiritual guidance has the power, has the, the power, the control that we don't have. And when we know that we as human, we need the, the, the spiritual guidance of God, it's like, so wonderful, so supportive, so careful for us, you know. We don't have to be responsible. We just need to trust in God, and God is guiding us. And it's such a hope, such a peaceful mind. And thank you very much for letting me share. And by this, I will pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to share before we move on? All right, I will ask Ayini to please read the next paragraph. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter of the 
agnostic and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. C, that God could and would if he were sought. And for me, this is describing me and reminding me who and what I am, that I am a compulsive overeater and that I couldn't manage my life. And um, I'm being totally honest here that I am powerless and that I need a power in my life to give me a peace of mind and that I would be able to manage my life with the help of God because I couldn't and I can't and only God can if he were sought. And there's so much hope there. I needed to change my heart and my mind and focus on the truth of who I really am. I needed to trust in a higher power that he can do for me what I could never, ever, ever do for myself. So I am repositioning my heart here. I am uprooting it from self, and I'm replanting it in a new place for it to grow. And I'm placing my heart in God's hands. And that is, you know, he will take care of me. This is believing and having faith that it can happen. This is a promise. And uh, so be it. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Irini. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Go ahead, Miss Kim. Good morning, Dallas. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, this is some, this statement here, sometimes I think we can use OA saying or, or program saying against ourselves, because it is very specific here. The A, B, and C, if we were alcoholic and could not manage our own life, so that we were alcoholic, what does that mean? That we had the allergies of the body, we have the obsession of the mind. Someone's unmuted, I can hear talking in the background, if some people can mute. That probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. So step two is not a belief in a God. Step two is the understanding that we need a God. That's what's going to propel us forward. And that step, the C is that God could and would if he were sought. Now, I know sometimes I hear this saying, and I don't believe in that, you know, let go, let God, let go, let God. And I use that as a passive way. Maybe if I put the big book underneath my pillow at night, if I osmosis, I can get that that I have no responsibility because I am going to let go and let God. And specifically it's saying here that God could and would if he were sought. So we have to seek that power. And we're not being told that, oh, well, you have to figure it out. We're going to give you clear-cut directions of how you can seek that power. You know, I've often heard, too, you know, the first three steps are I can't, God can, I think I'll let God. I think I'll let God. How arrogant is that of me to say, I think I will let God. That's once again saying that I'm powerful, that I am, I am God, and I'm going to send God out on my errand. What we have learned here is that we are powerless. We are absolutely powerless. So our description of the alcoholic, which was the, Bill, which was the doctor's opinion and Bill's story, and there is a solution and more about alcoholism, we were taught the truth, utility, and fatality of being a compulsive overeater. 
a chapter to the agnostic was letting us open our minds so that we need a higher power. And that gets us to this point that we have to seek that power. We need to seek that power. I, I use the example, you know, I, I went to grad school and I made a decision over five years to go to grad school, but I never did anything about it. I would just tell people I wanted to go to grad school. It wasn't until I took the action steps of looking at the schools, putting in applications, finding out I had to take the GMAT, studying for the GMAT, taking the GMAT, and then going to school. And just because I signed up for the first class didn't mean I got my grad school degree. I had to continue to take action, continue to sign up for those classes, continue to seek what I needed to as those requirements so that I could graduate with that degree. So when it says here that we grow along spiritual lines, perfect as a verb means that we continue to grow and move forward. So it's not about perfection in the sense that we think we're going to be perfect, but we have to try to perfect these ideals. The same way that I, if you go bowling and the perfect score is 300, you are seeking to get a 300. You're not seeking to only get 150. So we often use that per progress, not perfection thing against ourselves too. We are seeking to have these ideals every single day. And because we are human, we will not attain that. But we're not going to use that as a loophole to say, well, I don't have to do all these steps. I don't have to do all this. I need to seek God with the absolute veracity that I seek my binge foods. So that see that God could and would, if he were sought, they are setting us up now. If we make this decision, we are going to be given very clear-cut directions that are required if we want to get to the goal and the aim of being recovered. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Monica. Miriam. Ms. Monica. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. A, B, and C. And uh, I want you to notice that they're written in past tense that we, and who are the we, of course, these are the first 100 recovered alcoholics, are saying we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives, A. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Now, these are three important, pertinent, relevant applicable ideas that they have come up with. And um, when I was reading this with my sponsor, and I'm just going to throw this out here as an interest if anybody would like to, to take starting at this point with A and to personalize it instead of we put I and also put it in the present tense and read from A through the first paragraph of page 63 in present tense. Very powerful reading when you do that. And, you know, if I put it in personalized here that I am alcoholic and cannot manage my own life, that probably no human power could have relieved my compulsive overeating, that God could and would if I seek him. And, and the question here is, you know, do you agree? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. And there was someone else besides Monica? 
Well, this is Janice, and I'm a compulsive overeater. I, I'd like to add just a little something to this because I find it to be so wonderful. You know, the way they, they keep on bringing me into this process by telling me what they've told me. You know, they're, they're telling me what they've told me. You know, what, what have they been doing? They've described to me what it is to be an alcoholic. Can I identify? Am I like them? Am I one of them? And then the chapter to the agnostic, showing me my need for God, showing me that they also found they had a need for God and what happened as a result of, of coming to believe that. And then, and then their personal adventures, the stories in the big book, the examples that Bill gave us and Jim and Fred and, and all the examples of alcoholics and their stories that they've been telling us, that they've been showing me. And, and I love that they make it so elemental, so simple for me, so simple for me, because I can complicate things. The ABCs, you know, let's boil it down to three very pertinent ideas, three very clear and pertinent ideas that I could relate to, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. If I'm very honest, if I'm looking at my powerlessness, if I'm looking at that step one, am I powerless over food? Was my life unmanageable? Can I relate to that? Can I say, yes, it was? And that no human power could have relieved my compulsive overeating. No doctor, no diet group, no counselor, no therapist. And I tried all of those things. A hundred remedies and nothing. So no human power, not me, not my willpower, not anyone else. And that was proven to me. If I looked at my history, it was proven to me. And then the most beautiful idea is that God could and would if he were sought. And that these 12 steps are going to be the way to seek God. You know, what a wonderful thing. Tell me what you've told me in three pertinent ideas. Because I needed, I needed to hear that. I needed to know that deep in my heart, someplace deep in my heart, that that was who I was. And what a wonderful, good piece of information to have, I like to say. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? This is Miriam. Go ahead, Miriam. This is Sharon. Sharon? Uh, hi, this is Miriam call, calling from Israel, uh, compulsive overeater, and grateful to be here, uh, living in the solution one day at a time. Um, yeah, I was also asked by my sponsor to read this, uh, to start this reading these sentences with uh, in the first person, like personalize it as it was myself, and it was very, very useful. And what I can say about this uh, ABC is that obviously the the A is uh, expressing uh, step one. And I will say, you know, even until now that I'm considered a recovered person, um, I will put it in in, uh, in first person, say, I am an alcoholic, a compulsive overeater, and cannot manage my own life. The truth is that I, if I don't get in touch with my higher power and I... 
I can't up till now manage my own life. It's my higher power, the one that manages my life. It's not me. Um, B, that probably no human power can have relieved my alcoholism. No human power has, has been able to, although obviously, uh, you know, the help of sponsors and therapists and, and doctors and whatever can can be a tremendous help as long as I I just take it like... like um, you know, some like some information that I need to get from God. I always remember and admire very much my sponsor that she refers all the time to God is God is God. You know, I I gain so much out of it. I, it's just unbelievable. And then see that God could and would if I were thought. Yes, uh, God is everything or nothing. And I know that many times I do forget because I'm human and I do fall into my own stuff. But, you know, the beauty of it is that I is always available. I can always go back. I don't need to to ring anybody or to go anywhere. You know, God is right inside of me and right here right now. And uh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Miriam. And Sharon, go ahead, Sharon. Okay, thank you so much. Um, yes, I just love this uh, paragraph because I've always tried to make everything much more complicated than it truly is. And that's because I was trying to do it in my own strength and in my own self-sufficiency. And when it says the point is, are we willing to grow along spiritual lines? The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. In our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear these three pertinent ideas. A, we were alcoholic, could not manage our own lives. B, probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, that God could and would if he were sought. And when I just think of these 100 recovered uh, men that wrote this and leading up to it with all of the chapters before that just made it so clear and simple that we were never going to dismiss in our own strength, we were never going to be able to control it in our own strength, we were never going to win unless we accepted these three pertinent ideas. And that's sort of the beginning foundation and then, you know, continuing on the steps that put us immediately into the action steps, which I went to the fourth and fifth step, and I have seen so clearly my life, like I was trying to manage it in my own strength. So I am just so grateful to be here today. I'm so grateful to all of you, and I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Well, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Katie, if you would read that for us. This is Katie, recovered compulsive overeater um, from Virginia. Um, do I start with being convinced? Yes, Katie, I think that's... Okay, that's I'm right. sorry. I that's all right. I she'd read that. Okay, being convinced. We were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to the God as we understood him. Okay, let me say that again. Being convinced, we are at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. Just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? Um, 
this sounds, you know, very scary, I think. You know, when you get to this point, it's like, okay, okay, I, I get it. I, I am powerless, you know. I cannot manage my own life. No human power can relieve me. Um, and that God could and would if he were sought. You know, I, when we come in here, uh, some of us are very um, dependent on other people. And our our MO has been to blame other people for our problems and then to go back to those same people and depend on them. So this is saying you have to let go of any human power. You know, maybe it's even the sponsor you had for five years but never stayed abstinent. Maybe it's the sick meeting you went to for decades but never recovered. You know, this is saying no human power is going to help you. No, you know, self-help book, no uh, perfect diet, um, but that you are at step three, which is turning your will and your life over to the care of God as you understand him. And you... um, you know, this is just presenting a question, what do we do? Um, so we're going to find out more in the next paragraph, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Monica. This Leah. Monica and then Leah. Thank you, Janice. Monica here again, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Okay, so being convinced, convinced, brought to belief, we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will, my thinking, our thinking, and our life over to God as we understood him. So here we are at step three. So in A, B, and C up above there, we have come to conclusions of step one and step two, conclusions in my mind, you know, that I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable. And if I'm powerless, that's the problem. What's the solution? I need a power that's greater than me. And so I've come to the conclusion that I need a power that's greater than me. So now here, am I convinced? Are you convinced? Being brought to belief. Yes. I can say yes. I am convinced. I do come to those conclusions at this point. And, uh, you know, the first four chapters of this book have been giving us all kinds of information and then been explaining to me what my problem is and my powerlessness and my unmanageability. And this information has been brought to me by recovered alcoholics who have experienced the process. They have gone from the beginning through the end. They know what's on the other side of that door. So I'm being asked here, Am I convinced? Can I now decide, make a decision here with step three, to continue on with this process? And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Monica. And go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Janice. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, Some of this will be redundant, obviously. It says, being convinced we were at step three. Being convinced, comma. Being convinced of what? Um, Being convinced of steps one and two. You know, that is what is so important about um, studying the doctor's opinion in the first four chapters. Unfortunately, many of our meetings have gotten into the habit of 
beginning at Chapter 5, how it works. Um, you know, people ask me, how do you work Steps 1 and 2? Well, Steps 1 and 2 are not working steps, uh, you know, other than perhaps binging your brains out, you know, in your car in a dark parking lot until your eyeballs hurt. Uh, but they're not working steps. There's no action involved. They're conclusions of the mind, as what's been said previously. And, you know, we can draw more information on that, obviously, through the study of the doctor's opinion and the first four chapters. You know, uh, the reality was that I was always powerless over my binge foods. I just didn't know I was, what I was up against. I did not know the depths to which this disease would take me. I didn't understand, did not know that my life was unmanageable because of it. Uh, my life was unmanageable because of it. I just didn't realize that, and I didn't understand why until someone cracked open these pages and developed for me the doctor's opinion and the first four chapters. Um, you know, there's always been a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. I just did not believe that. I didn't know that. I didn't believe that a power would do so, nor did I understand the whole, uh, you know, meaning behind uh, insanity, you know, until someone described that to me, until someone taught that to me through these pages and taught me about the fact that the obsession of the mind uh, was the greater aspect of my disease. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand it had to be restored until someone developed these pages for me. Now, when I could finally say that, yes, I am powerless over food, and no, no amount of attempt and no amount of resources and determination and intelligence and, and self-knowledge, none of that is going to be enough for me to conquer the obsession of the mind. Not my effort, not my goal, not any personal philosophy, not any good intentions. When I could admit all that, when I could say, yes, I am a real compulsive overeater and I will always be a real compulsive overeater and that I have no human resources to depend on that can can conquer the obsession of the mind, no ability to restore my own sanity, then I was through with steps one and two. So being convinced, comma, now we're at step three. Now we're at step three. Now I can make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. You know, but it is merely a decision. <laughs> it is a decision. I haven't embarked on the program of recovery yet. You know, when I came to this point, I was a broken young woman. I was an empty shell of a human being. I had been caught in the tangled web of compulsive overeating for nearly two decades. And this disease was so progressive and so voracious, it had me by the throat, and it was torturous. It was absolutely torturous. So was I convinced that I could not manage my own uh, compulsive overeating? Yes. Was I convinced that self-sufficiency had not been working? Yes, <laughs> I was convinced. Was I ready, despite my crippled belief system, to just throw the dice on the table and play this game by embarking on these directions? Yes. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, here we are. Here we are with the way this book is laid out, being asked some more questions. Being asked some more questions. 
You know, being convinced, that's an assumption that they're making here. If you've been reading and studying and someone like they did for me cracked the book open, made it come alive for me, if you've been convinced, then we are at step three. And they're going to tell us exactly what it means to be at step three, that we decided to turn our will and our life over to the God of our understanding. But they never, ever leave us hanging. They never, ever leave us without something more, without something more, another more thorough explanation and and direction. So they're going to tell us what they mean by that and what do we do. They're going to tell us that. You know, so hang on to your hats because the process is beginning and we'll study more about that tomorrow. So we'll end here today. Thank you for everybody who helped with the meeting and did service today to to Diane and to Lois for reading the Steps and Traditions and to all the readers, Kathy Kay, Irene, Katie, and Julie for waiting in the bullpen. Thank you so much for everybody who shared today on the line too. What What a great meeting. So thank you. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Julie, could you read that for us? Are you there, Julie? Janice, I can do that. Would you? Thank you so much. Hi, this is Melanie, Recovered Compulsive Overeater here in Oregon this morning in our closing 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trust the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.